If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. It's episode 576, but our first episode of the new year 2023 for January 4th, 2023 specifically. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Miranda Sanchez taking a little extra time off. We'll see her next week. But as always with me is Destin Legary, my friend from the greater Los Angeles area. Hello, Destin. Bam. Hey, everybody. I couldn't wait for the first one of 2023. Going to be lots of bams this year. Get ready. <laughs> so I guarantee there is, a, there is a listener out there who is loyal enough to have a year-long bam counter to track actually how many that you utter over the course of this entire year. So we'll see. Maybe we can come up with some sort of prize. I probably have a game code I could send to somebody that, that wants to volunteer to do that uh, at the by the end of the year, and we'll see. Cut then a montage. We should, we Cut should a montage. bet. Well, a montage is good. <laughs> and we could bet on it, too, to see, <laughs> and maybe, like, loser buys lunch. How many how right? many bams are how many bams are in the year? How many bams will yeah will there be for the year? <laughs> I like Ste- that. Stella Chung, how are you? And number number one, how are you? And number two, are you into this? Should we bet on this when Miranda gets back? Yeah, I think it's it seems fun. Yeah, why not? Just as long as Dustin doesn't throw out the coffee that you owe him for, you know, guessing correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. One well, time. Uh, We are back. We are happy to be back. We had a nice little holiday break. We were off last week, and that gave us some time to finish up or or check out some games that we hadn't had a chance to get to. In my case, I finally finished up High on Life, and I have to say, I loved it. I mean, it really made a good first impression on me when I had started playing it and when I had initially played it for the IGN first. I was hoping, well, is this going to sustain for the whole length of the game? It did for me. I really enjoyed it. The combat and the the different layers of combat with the primary and secondary fires on each of the weapons and uh, the worlds were gorgeous. The humor really hit for me throughout. Destin, you had tweeted about a, a funny gag with the last boss. And when I got to it, I was like, I wonder what this wonder what Destin was tweeting about. And then I got to it, I was like, OK, yeah, that was that was pretty good. So and, it, you know, the, the other thing I'll say about High on Life for me, it was it was it didn't overstay its welcome. It was just as long as it needed to be. I don't actually know how much time I put into it because I did watch the entire Mystery Science Theater 3000 style movie in the movie theater, which was hilarious that that's in there. So that's that alone was like an hour and a half or something. But uh, I had a great time with it. And I'm glad to see that it seemed to be having a moment there uh, ahead of the holidays and over the holiday season, largely thanks to Game Pass. Uh, Destin, how about you? What were you playing over the break? I also finished High on Life. It was great. I liked it much more than I thought it would. I was pretty critical of it going into it. But when you're actually playing it and you're able to make decisions about how you approach each situation, it really uh, hits in a different way. I I was pleasantly surprised. I would uh, defeat a boss or two every evening. And uh, by the end of it, I 
ended up really, really liking the game. It also went on to do like big numbers for Xbox Game Pass. I think it's like the number one game on Game Pass for the the holiday, beating out games like Minecraft. Well, it was number one. It was the biggest. It was number one for the year. Yeah, yeah, like no small feat. And uh, Squanch Games actually talked about how they're going to utilize the funding that they get from High on Life to make more games and how Game Pass empowered them. There's a great article on the the Xbox website about how successful High on Life was and how great that is for Squanch Games. I also played a ton of Marvel Snap. Pretty addicted to that on my phone. If you're not playing it, you should, especially if you like card games on your phone. It's very, very fun. I uh, played some Destiny 2. There's a lot of cool story stuff you're, happening in You're Destiny back on 2. the sauce, huh? We thought you were done. I thought you I had n- walked away. I never stopped. Uh, I usually play through the I can quit stories. anytime I want, man. <laughs> I play through the story <laughs> events, and you can kind of do all that at once now, so it's really, really nice. Or you can just play like an hour every week and, you know, get caught up on what's happening with Clovis Bray and Charlemagne, which is uh, some cool stuff if you're a Destiny fan. And... Finally, I played the Halo event. There was a Halo winter event over the break. And I I always like to play through and make sure I get all the cosmetics for those events because I missed parts of the samurai armor because the way they had events structured in the past was a little weird at first. Like, I didn't get it. And now I make sure I get every single little thing. So please do the samurai armor event again so I could finish out that pass that's never going to return. I would appreciate that very much. Stella Chung, were you clowning some fools in a first-person shooter here or there? Or what was what was your uh, your gaming break like? Yeah, I, I honestly, I meant to go back to try Halo because a few people asked, like, oh, are you going to play the Halo event? I'm like, yeah, I should, but I didn't. Um, I honestly was playing a lot of Warzone. Uh, I played, I went back to Apex so I can finish out that Battle Pass because I bought it, but, like, I haven't played it. So uh, it was a lot of going back and trying to finish Battle Passes that I had bought. Um, like the Warzone one, which had like a double XP weekend, which was really fun. Shipment was back, which if you like uh, chaotic maps, it was very fun. And it was great for grinding guns. I got three gold gun skins. So, yeah. Nice. Good times. Good times. You got to keep those skills sharp. You know, you, it's, <laughs> you might need them at any moment in time. Well, I thought we would talk this week about, uh, we'll do our Xbox predictions for 2023. See how accurately... Because we can bookmark this, we can come back to it in a year and score ourselves and see how well or how poorly we did. But, you know, I had a thought just before we get to that. I I want to get uh, each of your thoughts on this as well. But for me, I think the first order of business for, for Microsoft this year, they've got to get some concrete release dates out there yep. ASAP. Uh, and I understand that if you give a date, you want to know you can hold to it. You don't want to be crunching teams and... It's it's not a you know an easy thing to just say well we'll just pick a date and we'll hold to that that's that it is much more complicated than that but the reality is the the narrative that Xbox has no big exclusive games it has been a problem we talked a lot about it last year and it's only going to get worse the longer into 2023 that we don't get some concrete release dates uh, Destin we had talked about, uh, I think we were talking off air, and then I I put it on Twitter the other day, about uh, how many games from the 2022 showcase have shipped versus have not. Uh, So, because remember, all that stuff is supposed to be out by June of 2023, meaning like basically six months from now. So the, uh, the, here's the list of what has shipped from that showcase, and this is, I'm excluding DLC, so Sea of Thieves stuff, the Hot Wheels from Forza Horizon, but here are all the full games that have shipped so far. High on Life, Pentiment, the Xbox versions of all the Riot games, the League of Legends stuff, Plague Tale Requiem, Scorn, Gunfire Reborn, As Dusk Falls, uh, Naraka Blade Point, the full version of Grounded, I'm counting that, Uh, the Persona Trilogy ports, and that's it. So here's the list of what hasn't shipped yet from that showcase. Again, full games. Hollow Knight Silksong, Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, Aura History Untold, Arc 2, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, Minecraft Legends, Lightyear Frontier, The Last Case of Benedict Fox, Erebon Shadow Legacy, 
Diablo 4, Ravenlock, Cocoon, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, and the Untitled Kojima game. So there is still a long way to go. And I just feel like, uh, Stella, I'll go to you first. Xbox needs at least one or two release dates out there ASAP. Yeah. Uh, so actually, we are reporting this on the Daily Fix. But um, so apparently Starfield has confirmed that there's not going to be any more delays for releases, which is great. But we're still like, OK, so give us a date. <laughs> if, if it's not going to move, maybe give us a date. But I guess they just want to make sure that they can actually get the date to yeah. be secure since they aren't going to do any more delays, which is fine. But it is interesting that we haven't heard anything for ARC 2 specifically, which ARC, 2, ARC originally was released as an early access game. So it's very interesting they're not doing that. Maybe did, they did learn from previous mistakes, which I talked about on a previous episode. Uh, but yeah, there's so many games. Uh, when we were working on our um, what to expect from Xbox in 2023 piece, I was like, oh my god, there are so many things here that don't have dates. And it's kind of frustrating because I'm really looking forward to quite a few of these games and I kind of forgot that they were even coming out. So a nice little reminder. Destin, your thoughts. Well, uh, call me a jerk, call me whatever you want, but, uh, I've known when Forspoken's coming out for quite a long time now. And I still don't know when Starfield is coming out, even though the website says Q1, which would be, well, actually it specifically says early 2022, we believe it's coming out in Q1, which would be March. If you can't put a release date on something coming out in the next three months, that continues to bring up those concerns for me about how planning is going at Microsoft. I don't understand how this is happening still, where you can't lock something in this close to launch. Well, right? I, I mean, you know what? I'll, I'll jump in on that real quick, Destin. And, it's, and that is to say, I think I might have tweeted this too, but I... I got to figure that if if something's coming out in Q1, like if it's really coming out in Q1, it's got a date by now. I just can't mm. imagine here in January anybody saying, "All right, we're going to, you know, we're we're out in March." I so, mean, could it of course it could happen, but yeah. History suggests that it's the the stake will go in the ground, the flag will get planted for whatever the date is more than two months in advance, just because that's how marketing cycles work. So I, anything that, that says it's out in Q1 that doesn't already have a date, I don't believe it. And you're right about the marketing cycle. Aaron Greenberg has largely hinted that there's possibly an Xbox thing happening in January, and there's rumors that an event is coming late January, early February. I think they're saving all the release dates for whatever that event is. New, like we need to see something new from Starfield. We need to see anything from Forza. Forza is such like an easy win. I'm amazed we haven't gotten another trailer from that. Ryan, we just had the Star uh, Stalker Two thing dropped in our lap, and that yeah. trailer was phenomenal. And I'm really excited about that. But I agree with you. We need release dates for games. I've been saying that for almost a year. Like, okay, you delayed it to win. Like, you you don't have any scope or <laughs> anything for when this game is coming out. I don't want crunch either, Ryan. But, like, right, you have to set expectations for your fans. And that's been the biggest criticism that I think everybody has for Microsoft. It's like, games are coming. This is the year get excited it's like okay well like give us some dates yeah we need dates to get excited about yeah that's uh and you know stella to come back to something you were saying about uh, you know you brought up the the bethesda kind of sort of reaffirming the first half of the year release for starfield with the the sort of little update to their website well that that kind of leads me to to wonder okay but it, it, if they're painting themselves i mean we want the game we want the game to come out <laughs> But it's like it's almost like they're 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 not going to win one way or the other in the sense that if it does come out is if if it's going to be May or June, you've got a, this new IP that's that's got to go toe to toe with Diablo Four, Street Fighter Six, Final Fantasy Sixteen, and I think is there I think there's one other one I'm I might be missing. There was one Zelda. other. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's that was it. Yes. Um, so it's. You know, if it's it's one thing if it's Elder Scrolls Six, then that that's a, an established powerhouse franchise. But a new 
a new IP is going to have a little bit of an uphill climb against those 20 plus year old legacy franchises. You know, you don't want it to get, you don't want Starfield to get buried by those games. I'm not saying it won't be of the same caliber, but it's just a weird spot now that, that the longer this goes on, the, that, that May, June window has already filled up with some serious big name titles. So I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, what I would love if if this rumor, Destin, that you're talking about with a, an Xbox event happening at the end of this month, beginning of next is true. And I'd love it if Starfield is just coming out in April. Like, hey, you know, April 7th, let's go. Great. Then let's we'll get hyped. We'll get excited. But man, it's just that's the thing I'm looking at here heading into the year is how long is it going to be until we get release dates for some of this stuff for, from what Xbox is Again, Groundhog Day style promised us this is going to be the year. Really, we we mean it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and segueing off of that, let's do our Xbox predictions for 2023. I think this is probably going to end up being the meat of the show. We'll go round robin style as we always like to and three three predictions per person. The, the homework that I gave Destin and Stell on this was you could go totally realistic, keep it simple. You could keep it all in bounds, or you could get a little ambitious, get a little crazy with it if you want to. So Stella, I'll go your way first. Give me an Xbox prediction for 2023. Mm, okay, so I I misread the thing, um, but it's it's Xbox predictions. So I'm not going to do my first one that I wrote, which was okay. That's just fine. a general gaming thing. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's okay. on Game I Pass. Think- yeah. yeah, I guess so. All right. I feel like Lies of P is going to become this year's Elden Ring. Like, there was just so Ooh, much I like that. that. From the first, like, at Gamescom when it debuted with the gameplay, I, I can tell you, I saw, like, physically, I saw that line go from, like, oh, a five-minute wait line to, like, two hours just to try and play. Yeah. And everything that we've seen from it has been just incredible. And it was this passion project that was supposed to be, like, making fun of, like, it wasn't supposed to be serious. The developers are Korean, and when we got to interview them, they're like, yeah, it was actually supposed to be a joke, but it ended up being something that people really liked because who wants to play Pinocchio? Like, you know, someone, (laughs) this, this character that no one really cared about, they're like, but this is a big thing now, and we're so glad that so many people are uh, this receptive of it. So I feel like it might become this year's Elden Ring. So that's I mean, like that, my first prediction. <laughs> that is a bold one. I like it. I like it. I mean, because you're talking with, by by throwing down that gauntlet, you are saying this could be a super popular potential game of the year contender, which is uh, which I, I like the boldness of the prediction. And you're right. Like every video we've posted on IGN, some exclusive, some not that it's done huge views. Like there is a major interest in this game. You're right. It definitely looks like it could be at the very least, the next big Soulsborne game, uh, which, I mean, Elden Ring is now about to turn one year old. So uh, it's the 2023 is awaiting its its next big Soulsborne. And well, I, I hope you're right. I hope it is sort of the next, not just big Soulsborne, but, but a, a big game for any, by any metric. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Destin, you're up, my friend. Give me one. Okay, so my first (laughs) prediction sets up my second one. My first one's kind of boring. I think the Activision deal closes in... uh, around April 15th. And I think there's going to be very minor concessions. The CMA and the EU have entered their phase one or phase two part of the investigation. And very soon now, I believe on January 18th, we're going to actually hear what they have to say about the deal. The CMA is the one that could actually gum up the works. Uh, The pretrial hearing already happened for the FTC versus Microsoft and Microsoft basically said, look, whatever happens with the CMA and EU, we're going to agree to their consent decrees. And that's what we're going to offer the FTC. And if there are none, we're going to bring this to trial. (laughs) So uh, they feel very confident about the deal going through. And I think that's going to set them up for some cool stuff with my number two prediction. All right. All right. I like that. I I hope you're right. I mean, closing by April, would be getting out ahead of Diablo 4, which means it could Diablo 4 could launch into Game Pass. That's the game behind me. Diablo, which is probably, I mean, not probably, along with Starfield, it's it's, it's Diablo 4 and Starfield for me this year as the yeah. as the 1A, 1B. I'm not sure in which order. But yeah, it would if, if Diablo 4 could launch into Game Pass, potentially, that would be huge, huge for Microsoft. Uh, and of course, it's got crossplay. So if your friends are on PC or PlayStation, you're still able to play with them. All right, for me, uh, I ca- I'm keeping mine games focused for this. Um, you know, this first one. All right, this is probably not the the sexiest or, or the biggest swing, let's say. But I'm going to say that Gears Six gets announced this year, and I'll, I'll double down and say for a release next year. I think Gears Gears Six will be announced this year out sometime next year, potentially as Microsoft's, or at least one of Microsoft's big fall games for next year. But uh, what we know about the coalition is that they've been working on hard on Unreal Engine 5, that their next game, which is presumably Gear 6, is going to be on Unreal Engine 5. They worked with the coalition on The Matrix Awakens, which was the tech demo we got one year ago when The Matrix Awakens came out. And also at the Game Awards, those two things coincided. So they've, they've got plenty of Unreal Engine 5 experience under their belts at this point over the past year. They did post before that a while ago now saying, we need extra time. Just don't worry about us. We're, it's going to be a little longer than usual. So uh, 2024 would be five years after Gears 5, which was the fall of 2019. So that feels right to me. That seems like if they're taking more time, they're jumping to a new generation, that seems right. So I think we're going to get that announcement this year, and that game's going to ship next year. All right, let's round. Let's uh, head back around. Destin, I'll go back to you. You left us hanging with a little uh, part one. Let's get the part two here of your first prediction. So part one was the Activision deal closes by April 15th. That's actually a little bit from Michael Pactor, who thinks that things will be all settled because all the jurisdictions will be likely completed by that point, including the FTC trial. Let's talk about yeah, let's talk about let's talk about what that means for Game Pass though. There's already 50 games confirmed for Game Pass this year. Forza, Starfield, Stalker 2, Redfall, Atomic Heart. Wolong, Amnesia the Bunker, Arc 2, I believe GoldenEye is on that list, Lies of P. Wait, what GoldenEye? You mean the game that will that's never yeah. we keep expecting to get announced and never gets announced? 
Yeah, let's let's <laughs> put that one in quotes. Goldeneye, right. the, the game we all know exists and some of us have played, but yeah, for some reason it's not out yet. Anyway, uh, I think this will expand with a second event earlier this year, the rumored one, and they're going to lay out the next 12 months. Things like Hellblade 2's release date, finally something about Avowed, finally whatever's going on with Fable. So... I think we get the early early year event where they kind of talk about the games that we already know about. And then after the deal closes, right around E3 time, we get an event and just the astronomical addition of all the Activision properties being added to Game Pass and Game Pass for PC. Just imagine World of Warcraft being on Game Pass for PC. You're going to get a lot of conversions because you're, you'll likely save on that subscription fee every month and get access to all those other properties. I, th I think it'll be a very big move on Xbox's part, and I think they integrate it into their E3 experience. Interesting. So you think that uh, WoW on Game Pass wouldn't have a subscription fee with it? I hope you're right. That would be great. I don't, That's I don't know they if did. <laughs> they're willing to walk away from that, that monthly cash, but it'd be nice. I don't, I don't know how they would uh, do it otherwise. Like, look at what they did with the Riot properties, right? You get access to like $1,000 worth of stuff. That's their big their big push to get subscribers yeah. onto the service. And if you just convert those subscription fees into Game Pass subscribers, I mean, maybe they don't get everybody. Maybe a lot of people stay on the legacy payment system. I actually don't know how much the WoW subscription cost is. But if you get new players like me, into WoW because it's on Game Pass, then you can not only bolster how many players you have in World of Warcraft, but you can also bolster your Game Pass numbers. I think it's going to be really hard to beat the Game Pass subscription service once the deal goes through, and I, I'm pretty confident the deal's closing. Excellent. Yeah, the I like it. The monthly sub is, for, is $15, basically. For WoW? Yeah. So, yeah, potentially, if it does become part of Game Pass and it's included... Then you save a few dollars, but Stella's prediction might be good to go to now, actually, because maybe it <laughs> evens out that way. Let's do that indeed. Stella, you're up yeah. with prediction number two for 2023. Sure. Yeah. I feel like Xbox slash PC Game Pass may raise prices just a few dollars this year. I know we had this conversation before on, I don't know, one of the many episodes last year, <laughs> uh, but they did raise their prices for, you know, their first party games, exclusives. So I feel like it only makes sense that they would raise the price for subscription. There, we, there's a lot on the list to come out this year. And it would make sense because that's a lot of games that you get for a lot less of a price. Let's, uh, let's, let's hold you accountable a little, a little more, though. Give me a number. What for, for Game Pass Ooh. and for Game Pass Ultimate? How much do okay, you think okay, it's going okay. up? We're at 10 bucks um, a month now for vanilla Game Pass, console Game Pass, 15 for Ultimate. So where do you think they're going this year? Because I agree with you, by the way. I think Game Pass price prices will go up this year. It's 10 for console. That's actually great. <laughs> um, I feel like, oh, I don't know. I, I said like $5, right? Like I said, even if it goes up by $5, it's still a steal. So let's go with five. Let's let let's right. the number. Yeah, so so like 15 and 20 ultimate. then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. For, well, for, we got your mark down for that. Fourteen ninety nine and nineteen ninety nine, right, Stella? Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, she's the, right the... on the money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so far, so good here. Again, we're gonna we're gonna keep track of these. We're gonna come back to this in a year. For me, uh, I'm gonna bring up a rumor. So this has been floating around, and it seems like it kind of went away. But I I can see a lot of logic to this happening. So this is why I'm gonna go out and say this. I'm not reporting anything. I haven't heard anything. But uh, I predict that Halo Infinite will switch to Unreal Engine 5 this year. Uh, this is something, again, we, we couldn't, we couldn't it, it didn't quite bubble up enough to formally report on. But if I think about it, it does make a lot of sense because a lot of the issues with Halo that we've heard about have been with the tech pipeline and when you onboard a new person at 343, whether it's a full-time or a contract person. And it's particularly problematic on the contract side because, you know, you're cycling those people in more often typically because of the nature of contract work that you, it's a, it's a, 
it's a lot of onboarding time to teach them the tools, to teach them, you know, to get them used to the tool set to, to build the game. So if they were to switch to Unreal Engine, you're then you've got something that a lot of people in the industry already work with, already know, and it's theoretically going to be a lot easier, a lot quicker to onboard people. Now, uh, would they actually switch the entire game? Maybe not. I mean, maybe the campaign gets left alone and the, now that the co-op's in there, maybe it's just the multiplayer. But I do think somehow, some way, it does make a lot of sense for, for 343 to go through what will be a would be a very difficult and painful process. I don't I'm not pretending this is easy. Like, oh yeah, we'll just switch the engine, no problem, to a game that's already out and already live. But uh there there are a lot of long-term benefits. To making that switch. And again, I'm not disparaging slip space. Uh, but again, this is just looking at the the sort of ongoing difficulties that we've read about, we've heard about, we've seen that have plagued Halo over the course of the last number of years in the development of Infinite. And even since it's come out, that uh, it, it does make sense from a lot of reasons, a lot of perspectives for this to happen. So there's uh, prediction number two, for me, it is a it is a spicy one. We'll see what happens. Prediction number three, our final round here. As uh, yeah, we come up on the half hour mark of the podcast, I'll just get my last one out of the way before I go back to Stella and Destin. So f- number three, I am going to say I don't know when. Probably E three makes the most sense, but it is about time for ID Software to let us know what they are up to. Doom Eternal was fantastic. I reviewed it for IGN. I gave it a nine, which I feel as good about today as I did at the time. The game, it's probably, might be the best first-person shooter I've played in the last couple of years, at least, other than maybe half, well, maybe then definitely Half-Life Alex, but that's a little bit of a different deal with VR. Anyway, uh, it's time to find out what its software is up to. By the time E3 rolls around, it will have been over three years since Doom Eternal shipped, which means it should be pretty well into whatever their next project is. They're almost certainly building that off of id Tech, which they moved id Tech over to, to the next-gen platform. We got a free update, a next-gen update for Doom Eternal for that. So tech pipeline-wise, they should be in pretty good shape already. It's probably just about building the content of whatever the new game is. And I think it's going to be a Quake reboot because I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there was a job listing at some point last year that sort of hinted at that. Uh, it's They're not going to go back to Rage. That just doesn't make sense. That IP did not take off for id. You know, id Software uh, and thus Microsoft owns Wolfenstein, Doom, Quake, and Rage. Those are the four id Software IPs. Wolfenstein's already been done by Machine Games. Doom has just been done. Now, you might say, well, Ryan, why don't they just announce Doom 3? I don't think they're going to go there. I think, uh, this, I mean, the story wrapped up. Uh, the, the Doom guy story wrapped up with, uh, with Doom Eternal and the two, the part one, part two single player expansion packs. So I think it is going to be something besides Doom. Rage doesn't make sense. Wolfenstein's already been done. I think they're going to reinvent Quake the same way they reinvented Doom, and that is super exciting to me. Destin, prediction number three, and or a comment on any of mine. Yeah, well, uh, on the Quake thing, I mean, they have Quake champions going on right now. That's true. That's that's why I don't think it's going to be Quake-related, because that... I mean, Wikipedia says it came out in 2022, so everything... Yeah, it had been in kind of a beta open early access kind of deal yeah i don't know why like they did the quake remasters recently and those are available right now on game pass so you can check those out those those were great i don't know how popular quake is like how do you reinvent quake for the modern audience i i just feel like quake sort of had its time and it's it's beloved by a lot of people but i don't think quake champions quite hit the way that they wanted and i would be really curious how do you reboot it so that you get people on board again they did it with doom well doom never really needed doom was always popular like even even doom 3 which was uh uh a pc tester was very popular like that game never really went away i feel like popularity on quake is waning so i'd be interested on that one Mm. 
The one I did want to comment on, though, sorry for being a little long-winded, was no, we got your, ha- your Halo prediction. Yeah. So I, th- I think the Halo predictions or the Halo rumors are a little bit off because there's focus around Halo Infinite. Now, Halo Infinite is going to be a game that's con- supported for years to come. It's a 10-year game or whatever the quote was from back in the day. I think, Ryan, you did the interview. You probably know better yeah, than Yeah, Miranda me. and I did. Yeah, but... I think whatever the, the Unreal Engine 5 Halo project is, I think it's separate from Infinite. I think it's the Battle Royale that's been rumored for a long okay. time. And I think the Battle Royale is a standalone that is developed in Unreal Engine 5. Think about how Warzone works. Like they have the Warzone experience and it's like a bespoke experience separate from whatever they're doing with the Call of Duty campaign that year. Sure, they update it to sort of coincide, but those seem to be two different development pipelines. I think Halo will adopt that and utilize Unreal Engine 5 for whatever their Warzone type experience is going to be. And I think that's why the rumor has been a little bit muddled and not quite clear. I think I think it's because everybody looks at Halo Infinite, they're like, oh, it's Halo Infinite. I think it's something separate and unique from that experience. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, you just made a lot of sense with that. You had you had me nodding my head along, yes. So uh, that could very well be. I mean, yeah, the, the Call of Duty model, the, the, the comparison you made makes a lot of sense where you can still have the, the core, you can have the arena shooter, Halo Infinite, and then mm-hmm. a separate standalone sort of living living, breathing, not that the arena is not supposed to be a living thing too, but yeah, you might be onto something. We'll see if either one of us is correct when, uh, as this year unfolds. Stella, your third and final Xbox prediction for 2023. Yeah, just uh, real quick to touch on the Battle Royale thing. I think that'd be interesting for Halo. I, I know I was like, oh, not every game needs a Battle Royale, but at this point, as someone who doesn't play Halo, I'm like, it could use one. <laughs> Um, but I don't know if it would be free to play. Like, I mean, it probably would be, but it'd be very weird for, uh, three, four, three to have two free to play multiplayer games, right? Like call of duty has multiplayer that you have to buy in order to play. But then there's also a battle pass that you can level through multiplayer for Warzone or whatever else is like your main thing. So that'll be interesting. Not saying it's not possible, just saying it's very interesting that they're going to have two free-to-play like multiplayer yeah. games. I hear what you're saying, but you can't charge for a battle a battle royale no, in this in this can't. marketplace, right? Like it's just it's yeah. going to go, it's going to die in in an instant. Yeah, no, which is why I'm thinking like maybe they'll do something different with a battle pass, but that would be great for its ecosystem because people already struggle with the battle pass in general. So I don't know. Anyways, it's it's just me thinking like how would they do this? So. Um, my last prediction is Outer Worlds 2 is either out by late this year or early next year because mm. the development on the first game was about three to four years. Um, this did apparently go into production in 2019, so that's why I'm like maybe end of this year, but it's probably next year because um, we haven't seen a whole lot on it. We saw that teaser trailer and that was about it. So I hope you're right. I mean, it's uh, it would be... It would be interesting if The Outer Worlds 2 was announced and released before Avowed is. Ooh. <laughs> that would be... Yeah. It's not that, that something like that's never happened before, but yeah, you, I would I would think slash hope that Avowed is, is the next thing that they're going to release. But yeah, Outer Worlds 2, they do have a... They've got more of, I guess, a framework in terms of... It's a sequel, right? We know, mm-hmm. whereas Avowed's a, a whole new thing that they're building from the ground up. So... We'll see. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope we get, if not, I hope we get at least one of the two from Obsidian this year. We get some, I mean, we just got Pentiment, 10 out of 10 on IGN.com. It's on Game Pass right now if you haven't played it yet. Very unique uh, murder mystery adventure game. So check it out. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, if anything, we hear we get from Obsidian in 2023. All right, there you go. Nine Xbox predictions from the three of us. For 2023, mark us down. We'll keep score. We'll come back in a year's time and see how we did. All right. Uh, the other story I wanted to talk about this week is a, is a good one. Actually, there's two more things I wanted to cover. First of all, around 300 quality assurance workers at ZeniMax, the, of course, parent company of Bethesda, which, of course, uh, is all owned by Microsoft, and other, uh, they've all formed a union. The QA teams, 300 QA folks, 
This was originally reported by Kotaku. The workers have formed a union with the Communications Workers of America, just as groups at Raven Software and Blizzard Albany did before them. But the 300 strong number is significantly more than any previous effort and is now the biggest union within the North American video game industry. The ZeniMax Workers United Union encompasses several North American studios owned by ZeniMax instead of just an individual developer and is claimed to include, quote, a majority of the company's QA workers. Microsoft, for its part, has said it will remain neutral in the process and not try to dissuade workers from achieving formal recognition and has since recognized the union. Quote, we applaud Microsoft for remaining neutral through this process and letting workers decide for themselves whether they want a union, said CWA President Christopher Shelton. He continued, quote, the company is fulfilling the commitments they laid out in their labor principles earlier this year while sending a resounding message to the video game industry. The right to freely and fairly make a choice about union representation should be in the hands of the workers, not management, end quote. Destin, your first reaction to this. Great. <laughs> I, I like I like their stance on it. If people want to unionize and they go for it, Microsoft has been very clear that they have no issues with it. Yeah, go ahead, unionize. Like we don't we don't mind. You still making great games? Awesome. Go for it. <laughs> so I hope that uh, the support from the CWA and the, there was another big union group also that recently said uh, they really support how Microsoft's handling unionization. So hopefully that has a positive impact for uh, Act, a company like Activision, who is about to be acquired, especially as I, I would argue they <laughs> they need unionization probably more than some of the, than, well, no, no, I don't want to quantify it that way. I would love to see the concerned workers at Activision also get union unionization and representation in that way, the way that these 300 testers have. I think it's wonderful and uh, good for them. Well, it could very well help pave the way, right? I mean, it, when it's it, it's only a good thing for the efforts, for other unionization efforts, if something at this scale, 300 folks across several different teams under ZeniMax slash Bethesda, if this goes through, that'll only be helpful to other unionization efforts. Stella, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think like you guys keep saying, it, it just sets the precedent. I mean, it kind of sets like an what like an example of how to handle it, right? Especially for a company as big as this. I think it's fantastic. I mean, especially since uh, Microsoft is such a huge pillar in the gaming industry, I think seeing how they reacted to this is a great thing to look at. And maybe other companies will look at this and be like, yeah, you know what? If they can do it, why can't we? <laughs> There's, there's yeah. been a lot of problems in the industry, right? And yeah. I think this is a really great look for something that has probably been needed for a long time, Q especially QA testers. QA testers are usually regarded as underpaid and very hardworking and uh, an entry into the industry. But does that mean that they shouldn't have some good benefits and everything along with that? No, it doesn't. And I hope that this rectifies any of the, the issues that they were having and gives them some just good perk, good company perks, you know, and production. Yeah. Destin, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention the same thing is that it's, it is, to me, as, as somebody that covers the industry and reads a lot about it and hears a lot about it, it is notable that this is a QA team specifically for exactly why you pointed out is the QA folks that we, when we read like Jason Schreier's two books about just how how the industry can all too often just be this machine that that has no regard for the the really the health and well-being of its workers a lot of times I'm not making a blanket statement but you know he's laid it out in his books at a number of different companies where uh, and QA folks tend to be treated as the most disposable of, of those people. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's a shame to hear about that. And so, yeah, the fact that, that it's the QA teams specifically that are, that are making uh, great progress toward unionization here is, uh, is really, really great to see because that it gives them, you know, they arguably, they need that bargaining power more 
as much or more than anyone else in on the development teams. So love seeing that. Kudos to Microsoft for taking a hands-off approach and saying, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna try and you know strong arm any of this. We're gonna just let your process play out and then we'll talk and and hey, congratulations to all of those workers, those 300 plus quality assurance folks for successfully moving through this process. I mean, as Destin said, here's hoping it leads to better and fairer conditions for everyone in the ZeniMax QA family. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on this week, games with gold for January. I know we uh, we had some, <laughs> we were left scratching our heads a little bit with the December games with gold. Well, here's, here's two more games for January. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I have, Today is the first time I'm, I've heard of either of these games. That's not to say they're bad. Uh, they just maybe don't have as much name recognition. But all January long, the first of the 31st, is a game called Iris Fall, which is described as such. Enter a dreamlike, stunningly designed world of puzzles and adventure. Play as young Iris, who follows a mysterious black cat into a labyrinth, uh, labyrinthian world of light and dark. The deeper Iris delves, the more she will realize that everything holds some kind of connection to her. Clever mechanics and challenging puzzles, combined with a unique monochrome look and spectacular soundtrack, all help lead to a wonderful adventure. Well, uh, the description is great. If it if it plays half as well as it, as you can see if you're watching on video, if it plays half as well as it looks and is described, uh, then this could be a, a really fun game. So that's available now all through the end of January. And then the other one, which will go from January 16th to February 15th, is a game called Autonauts, which when I read that, I get kind of a Transformers, like, you know, Decepticons, Autobots kind of vibe. And I think, oh, Autonauts, it's a car thing, not a car thing at all. Uh, it, is, it is described as such, the world is yours for the building. Find uninhabited planets and transform them. Starting with the absolute basics of harvesting sticks and stones, you'll begin your foundation. Eventually, you can move up to building uh, worker bots, who in turn can help you build more after you hone their artificial intelligence. Teach them to fish, harvest, cook, tailor, and more. Before you know it, you can create folk who will need your assistance to survive. This is an adorably designed sim game that is open-ended and provides tons of fun challenges for you to master. Set the world in motion through automation. Games with gold. Stella, it's do either really of these jump out at you? Um, yeah, I mean, the first one definitely for, uh, well, okay, second one, this one, Autonauts definitely grabbed my attention. I was like, oh, can I play this with someone? Unfortunately, no, I just looked it up. Autonauts is a single player game. Developers have said they don't see adding multiplayer as feasible in the near future, so that kind of sucks. Um, I usually like building games like this uh, with other people, but the first one, um, Iris Fall looks really interesting. It looks really pretty. It's like it's got the cell shading art. It kind of reminds me of um, like Telltale Games art, but also it's almost got um, the, the the feel of like inside. Um, and then and God, what what else was it? What else did they make from that studio? But y you know what I mean. That general limbo. feel. Yes, Limbo. It's got that like creepy. Feel, yeah, the monochrome thing, really, right? Yeah, but it's also really cute and like operating this one character who's obviously very much smaller than like everything else surrounding her it i've always been really interested in stories like this where you have to discover through environmental storytelling so for me i'm interested but um i, I have a backlog of games so it'll probably also stay on that <laughs> well it just just the the key always with games with gold just download them download them during the month and then they are yours forever just even if don't you don't even stop. download them just add them to your library yeah thank you yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really? even, even oh, easier okay. spare you the the bandwidth uh, hit <laughs> if you've got a bandwidth cap i mean uh, the storm coming yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah the auto autonauts kind of had a little we were watching the trailer there a minute ago to me a little bit of a katamari damacy art style to it like the, which i like that's a good thing that's a compliment destin either of these two jump out at you um, they look interesting, but for me, the focus isn't about the game's quality or, or not. Uh, it's more about the offerings that have been coming to Games with Gold lately. I'm glad that these games are getting highlighted, right? But when you look at what is coming to PlayStation Plus this month in the form of Star Wars, 
uh, a very popular Star Wars title. Uh, I kind of wonder what Xbox is deciding to do with this versus Game Pass because uh, Star Wars, what was it? Jedi Fallen Order, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was available on Game Pass. It's about to leave Game Pass and then it's coming to PlayStation Plus for free. And Games with Gold has been a lot of indie stuff. So I'm wondering st- strategically if they're trying to get away from trying to compete with PlayStation Plus and the offerings over there. And they've just said, you know what, we're just going to do indie games on Xbox Live from now on to highlight these creators. And and then uh, the really, really big... Well, didn't we stuff, advocate for this that. last month when we talked we did, about this? We Weren't did. we saying that they should yeah. do exactly this? They, yeah. they should talk about it, though. They haven't said anything publicly. So a lot of people have this reaction of, so PlayStation Plus gets Star Wars and we get these indies. And it, I don't think it's... I think it's doing a disservice to the games. And I think it's it's doing a, a disservice to, to Microsoft by not controlling the messaging and coming out with some sort of strategy or press release for how they're going to handle uh, Games with Gold going forward. Counterpoint, though, Destin... Mm-hmm. We we get lots of th- AAA third party games, including stuff from EA like Mass Effect Legendary Edition in yeah. Game Pass, which yeah. Sony can- doesn't match. They don't match that with their uh, PlayStation Plus, really. No, I agree. My my whole thing is, I think if they're going to continue going forward with releasing smaller games as part of Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Live uh, the subscription, anyway. They need to market that. Like, where's yeah, the marketing behind this? Change yeah. the name of it or something. Because right now the correlation is made to PlayStation Plus, and then people have to make that value proposition in their head about why they're subscribing to that. Honestly, like, I, I, it's a joke, but the, the value you get with Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live is a uh, very, very strong when you look at the library of games that you get access to, yeah. uh, plus you get these indie games. I think it's time to evolve the Xbox Live Games with Gold program, though, or rebrand it. Or Yep, we talked about it last month. Yeah, it. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. Yeah. Uh, rebrand it to Live Arcade, and I guess yeah. I'm serious about that. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a a brand with, with positive cachet to it from the 360 era. That's there for the for the taking. If they don't want to use that, they could call it like, you know, Xbox Hidden Gems, something like that. You That'd know, cute. I like that. Something, whatever. You know, it's there's yeah. there are options on the table. All right, let's do trivia now. Miranda, you know, she's we're happy she's enjoying a little extra time off, but it's a chance for you two to get a a point up to start the year. A new trivia game. Miranda's our defending champion. So we'll see if either of you can uh, put her in a uh, in, in second or third place to start the year. Here we go. Devin, loyal listener Devin writes, all of the following are Microsoft code names. Three out of these four are directly Xbox related. They're, they're code names for Xbox related projects. Which one isn't? Find the, the code name here that wasn't related uh, to an Xbox project. Was it Redstone, Edmonton, Washburn, or Natal? I'm going to go to Stella first. Mm. I think I know it, so. Yeah, I'm like, great. The the Xbox veteran Destin <laughs> versus me. <laughs> um, I don't know. This one's going to be a wild guess. Uh, Xbox related? Yeah, find the one that isn't. Three of these are Xbox code na- Xbox related code names. One of them's not. Tell me the one that isn't. Is it C Washburn? Okay, Washburn. You can tell I'm very confident in my answer. <laughs> Destin, you you did sound confident. You you mm-hmm. professed your confidence. Well, I know which one is Xbox for sure. It's Natal. Project Natal was. Uh, Molyneux's name for the Project Milo stuff. <laughs> anyway, it was called Natal. He was making Project Milo. I was, I'm very oh, familiar okay. with what was going on there. Um, oh, now you got me doubting myself, Ryan. Because was <laughs> Natal Lionhead and not Microsoft? Anyway, I was going to go with Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
All right, so Destin says Edmonton, and we've got uh, Stella on with Washburn. Well, uh, Miranda will be thrilled that there's still no points on the board. It. it was Redstone. So, Destin, no! first of all, Natal is the is the code name. You were, like, for dancing connect. around it. The, yeah. It was the code name for Connect itself. Yeah. Connect itself. The, and, oh. yes, uh, Project uh, Milo, Milo was the Molyneux game for I, Connect. I made a dumb skit about it. That's why I know. (laughs) Yeah, like a decade ago or whenever that happened. So again, I went with my second choice and started. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. What was Redstone right? And what was uh, Redstone? I'm getting. I'm I'm explaining them. Yeah. So Natal was Connect. Uh, Washburn was the Elite Series Two Xbox controller. Oh. Edmonton was the code name for the Xbox One S. And Redstone is a set of major Windows 10 updates. Oh. So that was the the non-Xbox one. Devin, great job. Stumped the panel on this one. Yeah, I think I, I would have narrowed this down. I think I would have had, uh, it would have been between Washburn and Redst- uh, Redstone for me because I did remember Edmonton and I, of course, remember it at all. But uh, yeah, I would have been probably flipping the coin between the other two. So good job, Devin. Stumping the panel. Miranda will be thrilled when she's back uh, to to come back to a, an even playing field here, but we will try and get somebody on the board next time. I could use your good Xbox trivia questions. So if you've got one, email it to me. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, and do note the correct answer in your email. And uh, if you want your gamer tag read on the air, if I choose your question, don't forget to include that as well. And that will wrap it up here for our first Unlocked of 2023, episode 576. I want to thank our awesome producer, Kate, for jumping in this week uh, as we had a little bit of a production shuffle. Uh, We haven't had a chance to hang with Kate and do a a podcast with her in a while. So thank you so much, Kate. And I am DMC underscore Ryan on Twitter. You can follow me there. I tweet about what I'm up to at IGN most of the time. That's uh, typically what you'll find and. In terms of that, I guess I'll say, oh, Woe Long Fallen Dynasty is our IGN first cover story for the month of January. Of course, that game's launching straight into Game Pass in early March. So uh, that will be a hopefully really good Soulsborne to kick off to, you know, early part of the year with. The demo Uh, was great. Yeah, the, you played the yeah. demo, Destin, and they've a lot. made... I really like we, it. We did another preview after the demo with the changes from the feedback that was implemented, and it was positive. Our previewer liked it, and now we've played the near-final version, our friends at IGN Japan. So we've got exclusive coverage all month long, uh, starting with, as of today, we have a uh, new 10-minute gameplay video up of the latest build of the game. So check that out. Stella, promote thyself. Ah, yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am Parallax Stella everywhere except for Instagram, which is the real Parallax Stella. I've been doing a lot of like different short form vlogs on like TikTok and Instagram because I am leading up to training for my next uh, powerlifting competition in March. So yeah, if you're interested in getting your fitness game back up this year, that is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, so, I mean, you didn't, didn't you get... You got third place in your first one, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's thank awesome. You. Thank you. <laughs> uh, everybody, yeah, just watch out. She's she's <laughs> going to crush everybody at this next one. It's going to happen. <laughs> Destin, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me here on IGN. You can find my personal stuff over on YouTube.com slash the Destin channel, talking a lot about the Activision merger. People really like me talking about it, so I keep <laughs> doing those. Uh uh, Twitter.com slash Destin Legary and uh, cookies, LegaryBakery.com. Thanks for watching Unlocked, everybody. I appreciate you all. Love it. Thank you, everybody. That does it for us. We will see you next week as 2023 rolls on. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? 
What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.